Welcome to the Making Sense of Islam podcast, where you will hear a wide selection of reflections on Islam, lifestyle design, and mindfulness. Since I began this podcast a little over a year ago, it has grown and grown beyond my expectations, and I've received a lot of positive feedback, as well as constructive criticism, which I always welcome. Based on all of this, I spent the summer months reflecting on how I can take this to the next level. And I'm currently working to develop an entire e-learning platform for making sense of Islam. When the site is complete, you will find in addition to the podcast, videos, articles, and most importantly, courses I've put together and am currently putting together about topics I feel are super important for English-speaking Muslims. The launch date is near, so please follow Making Sense of Islam's social media accounts on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for details. That's it for now. Enjoy the show. I hope everyone is doing well. First, let me apologize for the delay in uploading a new episode of the podcast. I realize that it's been nearly two months since I've done that. And the reason is actually twofold. Number one, as you've just heard in the new introduction to the podcast, I'm currently working to unveil the new e-learning platform around making sense of Islam. About a few weeks ago, we were on the cusp of launching the website. Then the COVID-19 pandemic really hit the United States and that caused natural delays. I also felt the interviews that I wanted to upload that I have conducted already and are actually ready to go weren't necessarily appropriate given the current crisis climate. So I wanted to collect my thoughts and make a special episode to address COVID-19, the pandemic, uh, health, how it relates to us as people of faith, uh, people that practice a certain faith, etc., so that's really sort of where the delay is from, and I do apologize for that. The first set of comments I want to say on this episode relate to the medical-slash-health aspect of the current pandemic. Number one is we need to take this extremely seriously. As I've stated before, uh, and I will make mention to this uh, shortly where I've stated this before, this is something that is unprecedented in our lifetime. Uh, we most likely will not witness anything like this again in our lifetime. And it's serious. It doesn't mean that it's the end of the world, but it does mean that it's serious and therefore we must pay attention. And the first part of paying attention is you need to make sure, you know, you're going to curate where you're going to get your information from. I subscribe to the Johns Hopkins newsletter on COVID-19. There'll be a link in the sh- in the episode notes. I found that to be very, it's, it's, it's not that long. And it's full of, uh, it's just a nice summary, plus it's full of links that you can go elsewhere. So that gives me a sort of a working idea of where the numbers are, uh, what's happening, etc. So something like that, it doesn't have to be that, but, you know, maybe the World Health Organization or the CDC, but some type of trusted science-based organization that it's doing its best to track the numbers, track the proliferation of the outbreak, and also providing guidelines. Related to curating also your information, I think it's very important for us to get local information. Uh, Living in the United States, I have been consuming almost hourly the announcements coming from uh, my state's governor. I live in the state of Maryland, so the the Governor Larry Hogan. I follow on Twitter, plus the Maryland 
uh, Department of Health. Also, I follow the Twitter feed. It's been very informative. I know when things are happening, what's happening with the schools, how it's going to impact my children. Uh, if you're not based in the United States, so well, if you are in the United States, definitely you want to know what's happening on the state level and the federal level. I think the federal level is pretty straightforward, pretty easy to find. Um, if you live outside of the United States, whether it's your local government and or national government, it's very important that you're tuned in to what the latest procedures are, laws, uh, enactments, guidelines, etc. So I think it's important that we have a dose of health slash science information also from what is happening locally so that we are in compliance with the, with the laws. There's a lot of weird stuff, uh, funny enough, online. A lot of weird theories, a lot of weird uh, graphs, and it can be overwhelming. And in times like this, it's really important just to cut through all of that and go to where the information is trusted or at least reliable uh, to the best of your ability. Related to that, on a high level, obviously the things that we need to be keeping in mind are washing our hands properly. I'm going to link in the episode notes uh, a very short video that shows by color the proper way of washing your hands. And when I saw that video, what was interesting is I spent some time with Mauritanians studying both in the United States and I was fortunate enough to visit Mauritania once. And if you watch how uh, desert-based Mauritanians make wudu, it's, it's almost exactly the same way as you will see in this video i mean minus the color element color element is so you on the glove in the video so you can see uh, how you can cover all aspects of your hand so that's a good very little easy resource uh, to share with your family friends especially if you have children uh, that they can you know constantly be washing their hands in the proper way i think it's also very important that we take the social distancing thing concept seriously uh, it does mean that we will have to isolate ourselves from time to time from members of our family, our extended family, our friends, our community. It's absolutely necessary. Related to the social distancing, it's, it's quintessential, it's imperative that we stay home unless there's an absolute necessity to go out in our home. We designated one person, i.e. me, that would be going out to, to run critical errands. But other than that, we're doing our best to stay home and to comply of course, if you are in the health profession, uh, I pray that the Almighty give you ultimate success and reward. You are the true heroes, the martyrs on the front lines. Uh, we owe our health to your sacrifice. And if you are amongst those uh, who are there, uh, please know that your efforts are respected, are acknowledged, are needed. And um, I know that it can be very overwhelming and 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 full of despair to be in that type of situation but i hope and i pray that you can find the strength within you to see how important it is uh, of a task that you are doing so as i am saying these things i mean I, I hope that none of this is new to you uh but let me segue into that of how this impacts our religious life of course m most masajid in the Muslim-majority world and in the Muslim-minority communities around the world, have shut, have suspended the daily prayers, have suspended the Friday prayers, etc. However, it, as shocking as it is to say, even now, at the time of, of recording, it's March 27th, 2020, even at this late date, there are still some mosques that are refusing to shudder. Uh, this is insanity. This is insanity, this is uh, fiqh done wrong, this is a complete misunderstanding 
of the meta principles of the Sharia. Uh, I I feel sorry for people that that think like that, that are afraid to uh, face reality the way it is. It, I'm not happy that the mosque is closed. I'm not happy that there's no Friday prayer, but this is an incumbent uh, upon us. It is a necessity for us to prevent the loss of life. That's why we have this. That's why even on this podcast, I spent so many of the episodes talking about principles, first principles. Even the entire new platform of making Islam is based on an usuli based first principle type of Islam. So, of course, this is something that I'm extremely passionate about, but uh, it's not even. It's not even a, a thing where I want to argue with people. Just, just you're not. Don't go to the mosques. You need to stay home until we get the green light from those in authority and those uh, in the health profession, science profession that are providing real data to tell us when it is safe to congregate again. Inshallah, it will be soon. Um, and again, maybe later when the dust settles, we can revisit what what is the mentality that prevents somebody from living in the present but living in the past, misunderstanding primary sources or secondary sources in Islamic law. Maybe that's a nice uh, discussion. Maybe I can bring some people on, some friends and colleagues. But for right now, I, I pray that those people see the light of day. And if you're listening to this, please do not be influenced by that, you know, that way of thinking. One of the challenges of the current pandemic, of course, is that we are stuck at home. Uh, either by law or self-imposed quarantine, but life has changed dramatically in the last week, two weeks, three weeks for a huge percentage of the entire globe. I put together, you know, early on, I put together a short video that's on the Making Sense of Islam YouTube channel. I will link that in the episode notes. Just sort of some quick practical things to think about while you are in quarantine, how you can use the time to your advantage and how you can not be overwhelmed by the boredom that might set in or the cabin fever. Uh, a week or so after that, I gave it some more thought. and I wanted to address the concept of time management a little bit more, so I published an article on Medium. Again, I will link that in the episode notes. That article speaks, it's about a 10-minute read, and it's more paradigmatic about how you should be thinking about time in general, how to organize your time, how to make the most out of the time. And really, my goal personally for myself and my family is to emerge from this pandemic stronger and better than before, especially when it comes to time management, gratitude, etc. So I don't want to repeat what's there. Uh, you know, you I, I encourage you to, to look at them. I think that they are useful, inshallah. But one of the things that I wanted to do with the episode with the remaining minutes I have for the episode here is to address more of a specific uh, spiritual slash religious set of questions that people have is is this a, a a sign that God is mad with humanity is this a curse from God uh, you you see a lot of end time talks not just from people of the Muslim tradition but other traditions as well and I don't think that that's a very helpful way of thinking because we're still alive. If you're listening to this, that means you're, you're, you have some kind of smart device, a smartphone, you're plugged into that segment of the world that you are able to afford that type of technology, able to understand this language and this discourse, able to access these links and these notes that I'm telling you by going online or following the, the URL to the episode notes, etc. You, you have much to be grateful for. And I think rather than 
a Muslim looking at this, oh, God must be mad at us. This is an opportunity for us to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to ask for forgiveness the way we always would ask for forgiveness. Uh, the Prophet, peace be upon him, he said in a well-known hadith that he would seek forgiveness from Allah ta'ala over a hundred times a day. And he was constantly in a state of spiritual ascent. You know, So each moment, he's better than the moment before, so he would see the moment behind him and say, Astaghfirullah, which is a completely different istighfar for us. We say Astaghfirullah because we actually commit sins, whereas the Prophet, peace be upon him, and all of the Prophets are infallible. That's part of our theology. So he, he said that and he did that to teach us that this is important. It's important that we read the signs around us and turn back to God. One of the things that we can turn back to God with and by is to express our gratitude for the things that we have. The things that have been taken away literally overnight, human contact, shaking hands, hugging. These basic things have been taken away from us, even with members of your own family. You approach your child or your spouse or your parents or your neighbors or your friends and you're almost, oh, you're going about to hug and shake hands. You're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't, you know, social distancing, you know, you tap elbows or whatever thing people are trying to do to compensate. Something as small as that that's been taken away, what a blessing it is to have that. And that's when Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, وَإِن تَعُدُّ نَعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْسُوهَا If you were to enumerate all of the blessings of Allah on you, it would be impossible. You'll never be able to enumerate them. So we can go back to God in this time by acknowledging that, by, by asking for His forgiveness for being absent-minded. Absent-minded from acknowledging and thanking Him for the blessings, the infinite blessings that He has bestowed, is bestowing, and continues to bestow on us. So I don't think it's very helpful to, to, to look at it, oh God is mad at us. Because there are other crises in the world, there are other problems. We see now the importance of human relations. How important it is that we need each other. We are now spending more time with each other. We are now seeing the importance of family. We are now seeing important the importance of society. And some importance of government to, to help uh, manage the crisis and organize the responses and facilitate the flow of the supply chain and the funds and the resources to help people, first responders, get what they need. So now we're starting to see why we need all of these things. Whereas before, maybe we, we sort of took them for granted. I think this is also a time for us to, rather than see it as, oh, God must be mad at us and you know this is the end of the world and this and that, is for us to be patient. You know, God talks in the Quran about fasabarun jamil, beautiful patience. To understand that we are not in control, that Allah Ta'ala is in control, to demonstrate and to express and to exercise that muscle of patience. To, to acknowledge, yeah, you know, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah, there is no power or ability except by Allah. We are all alone in this. And it, it, overnight this came. And I pray, hope, inshallah, overnight it will it will be alleviated. So this is an opportunity for us to remember the importance of patience. It is when when a crisis befalls that patience is important. So our gratitude for what we have and what we have not acknowledged that we have been given, a little bit of reflection on patience, and I think also a reflection on our own mortality, that we are all within many, so many breaths away from, from death. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a morbid type of conversation, but to seize 
the life that we have been given, and to make the best out of it. So the believer, despite what's happening around them, is going to be grounded in these principles, grounded in these ideals, not shaken by what is happening, but rather continue to to lead their good life, to continue to do the best that they can for themselves, from their family, from for the those around them. Uh, I'm going to leave it there. I, I really hope that, inshallah, so these words, um, uh, you find some comfort in the advice, whether it's in this episode or in, in the other things, the video and or the article. Uh, and hopefully we will resume the normal episode schedule soon. I will talk to you online. Take care and be safe. One more thing before you tune out. To help me stay focused and juggle the million things I'm doing, I put together a weekly email called Coexist Ruminations that highlights what I'm reading, working on, and thinking in four focus areas. Happiness, entrepreneurship, books, and Islam. If you'd like to receive these emails, which are 100% free, please go to makingsenseofislam.com forward slash Friday to sign up. Take care. (laughs) 